The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around them that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Here again, then, the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root and endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I've preached on this parable for many years. And uh, I've always focused on the quality of the soil. And I imagine that's because I grew up in a farming family where the quality of soil was a common topic of conversation. And part of the reason it was a common topic of conversation was that the people in my family who had dairy farms and were actually doing a lot of crop farming lived in Upper Bucks County where the soil is clay, Hence, the farther north you go, the redder the clay is. It's good for making pottery. It's not really that good for growing things. In Lower Bucks County, which of course now is just full of houses, there's sandy loam soil, which is excellent for growing things. And we lived in Middle Bucks, so our soil was better than that in Upper Bucks, and there were lots of comments in the family that well, it's a lot easier to grow that stuff where you live than it is where, where we live. Even when I wrote the introduction for this Sunday's lessons, I focused on the soil, the questions, what kind of soil are we? Is the word of Christ able to take root and grow in us? But this week, I realized that there's another way to look at this parable, especially if you focus on the parable itself, which is the first part of the gospel, The second part is an interpretation of it, but in the first part, you could really focus on the sower instead of the soil. So why did the sower scatter seed so profusely and without regard for where it was falling? 
Well, we get a hint in the Hebrew Bible reading for today. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The parable in today's gospel is about apparent waste and failure, but ultimate success. In that first half of the gospel, there are four verses of failure and only one of success. It was the immense importance and value of the harvest that made the risk of failure among rocks thorns, and the path worthwhile. It's a comment on the importance of Jesus' ministry that also produced what seemed like a lot of failure and only a little bit of success. The frustrations of Jesus' ministry are recounted in this parable. Jesus was sowing the seed of God's word, the good news of God's coming kingdom, God's reign that will be perfect and eternal, unlike all other rules and kingdoms, He was sowing it as widely as possible. Some ignored Jesus and his message of God's coming kingdom. Some were intrigued and interested at first, but lost interest quickly, especially when Jesus was opposed by the religious authorities and there was conflict. Some believed, but the requirements of discipleship were too strenuous. They couldn't give up their control of their money or of privilege or power or family. Some were just too busy with other things and commitments. Only a few followed him, but Jesus sowed the seed of the word of God graciously, confident that God's kingdom would triumph, that there would be an abundant harvest for the word of God. It takes a mixture of faith, hope, and patience to continue working toward a harvest that can seem distant, impossible, or small. This parable has quite a bit to say to congregations today. We sow a lot of seed for the word of God, baptisms, weddings, confirmations, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, contacts with guests, our involvement with various community groups, and we could sow a lot more, but there is not a large harvest. A few respond with interest in the Lord of all through regular worship. This parable tells us that part of the problem is expecting that all of the seeds will sprout and grow. Jesus warned us that not all the seeds of the word, not even most of them, will grow and produce fruit. Some will fall along the path and be trampled. Some will fall among the weeds and be choked. Some will fall on rocky soil and wither as soon as they sprout. But God will produce an abundant harvest anyway. God does that in and through us, the church, but God does it one seed at a time. We are to keep sowing the word of God's grace generously. The questions that this parable raises are, how are we sowing? Is the word of God taking root and growing in us? Are we tending and watering the seeds sown around us or in us. It would be nice if every seed grew, 
if every guest kept coming back, all the inactive people returned to regular worship, and the neighbors flocked to our doors and filled the pews. Jesus does not promise that it will be that way. Remember, the parable contains four verses of failure and only one of success. Instead, the response is one at a time, as the seeds that sprout are watered and tended. At this time, there is, of course, concern about the damage to congregations from not being able to gather during the pandemic. For many people, the communal ties were loosened. They found other things to do, or they found watching online much easier than showing up in person. I couldn't count how many times I've heard people say to me, oh, it's just so much easier to watch it in my pajamas and with my cup of coffee in front of me. Well, <clears throat> we can wonder if things will go back to the way they were before. I, for one, don't believe they ever will. Things, things have changed. And one of the things about the church that we tend to forget is that there are 80% of the things that affect the church over which we have no control whatsoever. Only 20% of the things that affect the church can we do something about. Most of the time, we're in the position of figuring out how we're going to manage with the things that the culture throws at us. And, and this is one of them. The pandemic was something almost completely unexpected that's changed the way we are together and the way we function dramatically. Today's first lesson was written to a people in a situation with some parallels to our own. They had been deported from their homeland and were living in exile. They were at the mercy of forces that they could not control. At that time, the prophet tells them that the Lord is still watching over them and will bring them back to Jerusalem. God's word will not return without accomplishing its purpose, Isaiah wrote to this people who were depressed and hopeless about the present and the future. It's a word for us at this time also. We're not alone. The Lord is with us through God's Son and through the body of Christ, the church. Whether we gather virtually or in person, we are the presence of Christ for each other and the world. We can trust God's promises that were given to us in baptism. We can go on sharing the word of God without regard for the apparent quality of the soil into which it falls. God brings an abundant harvest even where we may not be able to see the possibility. It takes a mixture of faith, hope, and patience to continue working toward a harvest that can seem distant or too small. God gives the harvest of the word. God makes the fabulous seed of the kingdom grow among and around us, even in spite of us. God's word does not return empty, but accomplishes God's purposes. And that's the promise that we have in our baptism into God's Son, Jesus Christ. May God's Spirit give us grace to trust those promises today and every day. Amen.